And so um, I'd like to start out by saying that I am from Midland, Texas. I don't know if any of you are from West Texas. Anybody? Oh, we got one. All right. Cool. Gig em. Um So uh, I would also, um, I grew up in Midland. Uh, I did not go to church when I was little. Um, my parents didn't make that a priority in our life. Uh, it was just kind of every Sunday, you know, we would sleep in, we would watch football. I don't know if any of you guys like to watch football, but that's what we did. Um, it was not something that was important. Um, I actually have a picture of myself when I was a kid, which I thought was cool. Uh, I saw the flamingos at the zoo, and uh, I was imitating them. I thought that was a cool picture. So I thought I would show you guys how cute I was. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, so, I mean, when I was growing up, I had um, kind of an overbearing father. I don't know if any of you guys can relate, or maybe even girls. Um, you know, I would I played soccer and and did good in school, um, and I felt a lot of pressure from my dad to just be the best person at everything in my life. Um, there was just kind of this overwhelming pressure, like, Tim, you have to be the quarterback on the football team. You have to be the pitcher in the baseball team. You have to be, uh, you have to make the best grades in school. You have to have a lot of friends. You have to do all this, and, and you know, I'm sure that some of you guys can relate to this, um, and some of you may even have parents that uh, didn't even, don't even acknowledge that you exist, and if, and if that's true, um, I really feel for you, and I feel for those of you um, that feel like you have to be the best at everything. Um, and so that's just a big part of my story is that uh, I grew up wanting to be the best, and I, I looked for acceptance in almost everything in my life. Um, I, you know, I went to school to make good grades so that people would notice me and say that I was awesome, so that my dad would notice me, so that I could get love from him. Um, and so just everything that I did was cued off of this want for myself to be the best and to be known for the best. Um, and so if you are sitting here in church today, then you are way ahead of where I was at that time. Um, I never even thought about God or even thought that there was a God. I never heard any of that story at all in my life. Um, there were times when I was a kid where I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would have these hot flashes. And I don't know if any of you get this, but there were times where I would wake up and be like, man, what what are we here for? Like, what is, what is this life about? Why are there trees and why is there a sky? And like, why am, why am I only here for like 80 years and then I'm going to die? What is that about? You know, so I would just wake up terrified at night. And, um, my mom's, you know, my mom's solution was always, oh, you'll be off and you'll be all right. There's no reason to, to think about that stuff. Um, but, but it was just kind of a, it was a thing looming in my life. Like, what are we here for? So I kept asking myself this question. Um, so I made it into high school, right? And I started, uh, I started, the popularity thing just kept coming out. You know, I was playing basketball, man. I wanted to be cool like everybody else. So I started watching TV shows that everybody was watching. I was watching, like, Saved by the Bell to be cool. And I was watching, yeah, if anybody watched that. And, uh, you know, like, even, even South Park. That was a, I don't know if you guys, I think South Park is still on, but that was, like, the bomb in 7th and 8th grade when I was little. And it was really inappropriate. But I was like, Mom, can I please watch the show? Everybody's watching it. It's cool. Um... So I, I kept doing that. I got into college, I mean, into high school, um, and I was, I was just desperate for attention. So I kept, um, I have a picture of me on Halloween, um, if you guys can see it, if they put it up here. This is me um, in a Smurf outfit for Halloween. Uh, I was in high school, and uh, a group of my buddies, as I call them, uh, we're all going to dress up and run on the field. They were going to run the flag out in high school. That was like the cool thing. If you weren't on the football team, that was the cool thing to do, right? And so they all got together and they dressed up beforehand. And I was like, "Hey guys, can I come?" And they were like, "Nah, man, we're just we're gonna you know we're just gonna do this on our own." So they went and like met up and dressed up. And I called them and I was like, "Hey, where are y'all? I want to come meet y'all." 
and they, they were like, oh, man, we're, we're already at the game, which wasn't true at the time. I didn't know that. Um, so I was like, Mom, I have to have this awesome outfit. So my mom made this for me. Uh, I have a little tail there, as you can see. She made me some little white booties and stuff and a cool little hat, and I body painted myself like a man, you know, as David Marvin was saying earlier. Um, and so I thought this was cool. Like, I showed up to the game. I was like, yeah, all right, this is going to be awesome. Let's run the flag out. And the guys are like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. Let's, yeah, Tim can come with us, right? So this is a picture of that. And uh, this is awesome for me now. It's cool to look back and see, um, you know, this is a cool thing that I did in my life. But it also just reminds me of how much attention that I wanted, you know? Like, this, is just, this was just eating at me when I was in high school. And so there was a time where I just didn't have any friends. I spent a lot of time at home. Uh, I started reading books. Um, I just hung out. My mom thought something was wrong with me. Uh, my dad, he was just like, dude, why don't you have any friends, you know? And uh, so I just stayed at home. Um, started getting really depressed. And so what I ended up doing was I ended up finding another group of friends um, in high school that weren't into such good things. Uh, these guys like to go out and drink alcohol. Uh, they like to do drugs. They like to party. Uh, and, you know, I thought that that would bring me life. I was like, man, these guys are accepting me. They'll bring me into their, you know, their group, and all of a sudden I can have friends, right? So I joined them, and I thought that was going to be awesome. And a lot of you guys are going to end up getting tempted with this later, and you might even be now. But I can tell you now that that is not something that brought life to me. That is something that I sought after that I thought would make me popular and cool. And, man, it just led to a lot of destruction and a lot of just me in my life. And so when I uh, graduated high school, I was like, man, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. So I took a big leap of faith at that time and went to college at Texas A&M, which is the shirt I'm wearing right now. Gig em. Um And so I, you know, I didn't have any friends. I went potluck my freshman year. Uh, and as soon as you guys get, that and get older like that, you'll realize how big of a deal that is. Um, and so I was kind of nervous about my roommate. Um, I ended up getting this guy named Ryan Clinkscales, and I actually have a picture of me and Ryan uh, this is our freshman year. That's him on the right, and that's me on the left. Um, he was in love, uh, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I ended up going potluck. I got him as a roommate. And, man, there was just something different about him from the very beginning. I was just like, man, something about this guy is just is really weird. Like, he, these guys were really goofy. They didn't cuss. They didn't drink. They didn't go out and party like, like a lot of people that I knew did. And I was like, my dad was like, man, when you go to college – you're just going to go crazy, and people are going to, you know, like, it's just awesome. You'll just go to parties and all this other stuff. And I was, you know, I was looking forward to that. I was like, this is going to be awesome. People are going to love me in college, you know. And so I got there, and they were just like, man, hey, let's go to Chili's and eat dinner, and then we can go do something dumb like play uh, tennis golf. We would get a tennis ball, and we would just hit it around campus. And they thought that was fun, and I was like, what are we doing, you know. I was like, where's the party scene at? And they were like, man, we don't do that. That's just not something that we do. And so I started noticing these guys. Um, there's actually a couple pictures just in a row of some of my good friends. That's us. <laughs> we're, we're eating at Chewy's there. Um, and then there's another one. Uh, <laughs> these, are, uh, these are some of my best friends. They all came from a youth group that some of you guys are in right now. They went to Mesquite High School. Um, over there somewhere near in Dallas, and they had a youth group leader just like you guys do. They were all in a group, and he taught them about uh, Jesus and just about um, living for others and stuff like that. And so when they came to college, uh, they befriended me immediately, someone who didn't have friends, and um, they accepted me into that. And so I just started to notice something was different. Ryan, the guy in the middle, he started, um, you know, I noticed every once in a while that he would read his Bible, and I'd be like, man, what are you doing, you know? And sometimes we would just stay up at night, and we would just have long conversations like, 
what are you doing? What are you, why are you reading your Bible? What do you, you know, and he just started kind of prodding at me, like, what do you believe? You know, why do you think we're here? Um, why do you think we're on this earth? And I was just like, man, I don't know. You know, I'm just, I'm just here trying to make it and having a good time. And he was like, well, you know, uh, let me tell you about um, this God I love. And so he was just kind of, you know, we'd stay up to like three or four in the morning every night just talking about stuff. And um, it kind of came to a head one night. He asked me to go back to a discipleship now with him. Uh, if you know what that is, we have one every year here. Um, it's What was it called this year? It was called uh, D-Town, right. Um, and so he asked me to go back with one of those. And they were all these guys were leaders in that. They all led a group of, of people your age. And so he asked me to go back. And I was like, okay. I kind of was like, all right, I'll just go with you and sit in there, right? Um, <clears throat> and so a week before we went, we had this one conversation, a really long one. I still remember it. It was a, um, a very, very touchy subject for me is that we talked about um, one night. He just asked me this question. He was like, hey, man. Uh, you know, if someone pointed a gun at me, would you jump in the way of that bullet and stop it from killing me? And I was like, man, I don't know. I don't know if I'd do that. You know, if if, if somebody pointed a gun at you, you know, I love you. I think you're cool. This was like, I, I'd known him for like seven or eight months at this time. I was like, I think you're cool, but I don't know if I'd do that. And he was like, well, I just want you to know that if someone pointed a gun at you and shot you and tried to shoot you, I would jump in front of that bullet. And I was like, why would he do that? You know, and so I just kind of started thinking like, why would why would anybody do that? That's crazy, right? So... Um, I went to this D now, and, and God was kind of working in my heart. I was like, what, what is, what's the big deal with this? So um, I, sat in, I sat in his little small groups, and he talked to people your age, and he was just telling them about God and stuff. And I went to, a, um, to the sermon that night, and this preacher gave this, this sermon about this Jesus guy. And he was like, man, uh, this guy came, and he died for us. And I was like, man... Isn't that the same thing that, that Ryan was talking about? And he was, he was just like, this guy came down and took away our sins by um, accepting that, we, like, he, he knows that we are bad. Like, inherently, we are just not good people. And so he just came down from heaven and lived a perfect life and died for us. And I was, you know, I was taken aback by that. I was like, man, a God that loves me came down and died for me, just like my friend uh, was telling me about, like he would do. And I was like, any God that, that would put in someone's heart to die for me, just as he did, um, I was like, man, that's something that, is just incredible to me. So, like, God was moving in my heart, and I was like, I believe this. I believe that that, that there is a God, and that he created all this, and that he sent his son um, down to die for me. And that was just, um, I accepted Christ right there at a, at a discipleship now with a bunch of 6th and 7th graders, which is awesome. And so, um, uh, that's just kind of a part of my story. And since then, um, you know, I've kind of learned... Um, a lot about what it means to follow Christ. Um, and maybe some of you are in this stage right now. Uh, I started trying to learn how to read my Bible, um, how to pray, like what that looks like, how to live in community with other believers, kind of like you guys are doing in your small groups, just talking stuff out and saying, hey, like, um, you know, like learning more about God, learning more about what, um, you know, my beliefs and, and Him dying for me and what that looks like in my life now. Um, and so... Uh, yeah, and so since then I've just kind of been learning a lot about telling others about Christ, right? And so, like, how important that is. Because for me, if somebody hadn't invited me to church to go with them, you know, I may not be standing here before you today. I might be out dead or, or drinking or doing something crazy right now. Um, and so, like, I've just kind of learned how important it is to tell others about this God that, that came down and saved me and saved all of you. And so... Um, now I'm leading a small group because I believe that God uses that. Like, I've seen in my life the the fruits of just going and telling other people about them and discipling people. And, like, 
I hope that, that one day all of you go out and go potluck with a roommate, you know, and kind of reach out to them and invite them to church. And so um, I guess um, I just kind of want to close with this as, as far as my story goes, is that there's probably another Tim out there um, that's just kind of kind of looking for something. He's searching for something. He may not be the popular kid in school. You know, he might be somebody that you think is lame. Um, he might be that guy that uh, is in band or is, you know, you know, like he reads books and you're like, dude, that's geeky. Um, and, it, and it is, you know, I read books. So it's cool. Um, but there's, you know, there's a guy out there and I, you know, David's going to come up here too in a second. And um, I just challenge you to be a Ryan today. Somebody that that steps out in faith and just says, hey, man, would you like to come to church? Just the power of that invite. You know, and they may say no. I mean, if you if you listen to what I was kind of saying, it took me seven months to finally go to church with him and to listen to what preachers were saying. And finally it hit me. I was like, man, this is what I believe. So um, I just I just challenge you, um, and David's going to bring a challenge here in a second, but I just challenge you to find somebody that's looking for something um, that maybe is running with the wrong crowd. Or if you're if you're a Tim out there today, I challenge, I you know invite you to come talk to one of your leaders or talk to another student here that knows Jesus um, and they would be more than happy to talk to you about that. So um, I'd just like to pray real quick. And before we, before I actually talk in a prayer, I'd like for every one of you to think of someone that you can invite to come to Wake next week. And so I'd like everybody to bow their heads and spend about 15 seconds just thinking, hey, who can I invite? Who can I bring? Who can I, who can I come and tell more about this Jesus guy? Well, God, I thank you that you are good. Um, I thank you for um, using using your people, using them as a tool, God, to reach the unreached, God, that you would um, just send someone um, with a specific task in their life to come and reach me and to bring me out of the depths of my sin, God, and just to save me and give me wholeness um, that I was self-seeking and I just sought attention for myself and that you proved that you love me and I don't need um, love from my father, um, that you are my father, God, and that you step in. And I just ask for um, all those all those seventh and eighth graders and sixth graders, God, that are out there that, that don't know you. And I just ask that every one of these kids here just step out in boldness this next week and invite somebody to church um, and tell them about this God that we love. And so in you, we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's thank Tim. So here's the deal, guys. You are either a Tim or you're a Ryan. You're going to be one or the other. If you're anything in between, the Bible says that God is ready to vomit you out of his mouth. That's what the book of Revelation says. Jesus says, listen, I'd rather you be hot or cold, but if you're lukewarm, I want to spit you out of my mouth. I want to vomit you, is really what the word says, out of my stomach, because I cannot stomach to have you around me. So you're either on fire for the Lord, trying to bring others to know him like Ryan, or you're far away from him like Tim. And if you're in between, you're in a really bad spot. And so if you are Tim, then come and see. Come and learn more about the Lord. If you're Ryan, you need to tell somebody else, hey, come and see. And invite him and invite him and invite him. I want to show you a quick story from the Bible exactly like this. And then we're going to get out of here. So this is Jesus is starting his ministry. He's recruiting some followers and he decides to leave for Galilee, and he finds this guy named Philip, and he just says to him, follow me. That's all the Bible tells us that he said. 
So Philip, here's what Philip does. Like Andrew and Peter, he was from the town of Bethsaida. And so Philip goes and finds Nathanael. And he tells him, We found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So Philip goes and finds Nathanael. Nathanael says, Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? What You're crazy. What are you talking about? Life is found over here, not in this random guy from Nazareth. And Philip just says, well, come and see. Come and see. So here's your application. Check it out. There's three points here. Philip found a friend who was far from God. If you have found Jesus, your next stop is finding a friend that is far from him. And then he told his friend Nathaniel about his relationship with Jesus. Hey, I found this guy, Jesus. He's from God. All right? And I'm going to go follow him. And then Nathaniel kind of said, okay, that's weird, or I'm not sure. I don't know about that. Maybe for seven months, like Tim. But in the story, it wasn't seven months, but that might happen in your life. And all Philip said was, well, come and see. Come and see for yourself. And so the challenge is for you guys to find a friend. Tell them about your relationship with Jesus and invite them to come and see. Let's look at the rest of the story. What happened with Nathaniel? So Nathaniel comes to see. When Jesus sees Nathaniel approaching, he said to him, Here's a true Israelite in whom there's nothing false. And Nathaniel said, How do you know me? And Jesus said, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. And Nathaniel realized that Jesus was from God because he saw him before he even came. And Nathaniel said, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You're the King of Israel. And Jesus said, you believe because I told you, I saw you under the fig tree. You shall see greater things than that. And boy, did he ever. And so here's the deal. All Philip did was find him, tell him about his relationship with God, and then say, come and see. And look what God did. God took it from there. You see, Jesus was already thinking about Nathaniel. Jesus was already going after him. Jesus was thinking about Tim all of his life. Do you believe that? That God loved him from birth? And he was going after him. But God wanted to use people like Ryan and his friends as a part of that process to bring him into that relationship. And here's what you have to understand. What I'm asking you to do is not putting the weight of the world on your shoulders. I'm asking you to do something simple. To be a Ryan. To be a Philip. To take your relationship with God seriously and realize that there's people out there that those people in your schools that try too hard to get attention, try too hard to be noticed, try too hard to fit in, it's because they're looking for love and they're looking for acceptance. And they can find that in the party crowd or they can find that with God through Jesus Christ. And you have a chance to be a part of that. So all I'm asking you to do is find one person, tell them about your relationship with Jesus and invite them to come and see and then trust that God will take it from there. That God's already after them. All right. So here's the challenge, the same thing Tim said. I want to back up that challenge, but I'm going, to, I'm going to put some stakes on it. There's about 250 of you in this room. If 150 of you bring one friend next week, so 150 bring one friend, that means 100 of you do nothing. But if 150 bring one, we'll have 400 students here next week. 400. All right. If some of you guys bring more than one, we could have more than that. But if there's 400 people next week, uh, David Marvin is going to be speaking. David, stand up back there real quick. You guys know David Marvin? He's going to help us make this interesting. DMARV is going to be speaking next week and for three weeks after that. So for four weeks, he'll be up here on this stage. If there's 400 people here next week, when you guys walk in, he's going to go change clothes in a white pants and a black shirt. 
And he's going to wear his white pants and black shirt for the next four weeks when he's speaking. And when he's not speaking, he's going to be sitting on a chair with one leg up holding it with his hand. The whole time during wake. All right? <laughs>